I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 170 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I am extremely honored to bring you today's guest. He is originally from Mosul, Iraq. He is now an American citizen, Riyadh al-Almadi, better known by his codename, Johnny Walker. He served hundreds of missions right alongside the elite U.S. Navy SEALs as their interpreter. If you are unfamiliar with his story, you have got to check out the book, Codename Johnny Walker, the extraordinary story of the Iraqi who risked everything to fight with the U.S. Navy SEALs. It tells the story of this man, warrior, hero, husband, and first-class father. I mean, he is a man who has won the hearts of the most fiercest fighters on the planet, and he is the only man who can rock the Navy SEAL Trident without ever having completed Bud's training. And it's kind of funny how we have a media that seems to be so extremely pro-immigrant. I mean, you would think Riyadh would be a household name by now, that all the studios would be fighting over airtime to have this guy on the show. I mean, he has done so much for our country. His sacrifices have been immense. And we as a nation owe Riyadh al Almadi and his family a great deal of gratitude. And I am just extremely honored to have the opportunity to speak with him right here on a podcast in which I have been blessed to interview so many Navy SEALs. So this is a fun one for me. I hope you enjoy it. Please sit back and stick around for today's interview. All right, I do have a scheduling update to hit you guys with. Unfortunately, my interview with Grant Cardone has been pushed back to Friday. So I'm going to have to bring that one to you next week. I have moved up an interview that I was saving for next week. Former United States Marine Alex Duran will be here tomorrow. He is an expert in the subject of bullying. He is known as the bully magnet. He has got a wealth of knowledge to share with us about a subject that I have not covered as much as I should have. So it is a subject that's very important to so many of us fathers. So definitely do not miss out on that one. And Friday, of course, I will have former Navy SEAL David Rutherford here for a Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. And let's go, dads. Please spread the word here about the podcast. Let every father that you know about First Class Fatherhood, Fatherhood Rocks, Family Values Rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to jump right into the action now with Riyadh Al-Almadi, better known as Johnny Walker. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, joining me now is a first-class father. He has recently become a United States citizen. He served alongside the United States Navy SEALs on hundreds of missions as their interpreter and their slingshot extraordinaire. He is known by his codename, Johnny Walker. He is a hero, a warrior, a combat veteran, and he is a very proud American. It is a great honor for me to say Riyadh al-Ahmadi. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you for having me, and... Wish we can do the best we can for this country. All right, let's start here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have four kids and two boys, two girls. Uh, my oldest daughter, she's 24 years old. Uh, Haytham, my boy, 22. Fatima, 18 years old. And the last king, Mustafa. Mustafa has been the chosen one. He's 14 years old. 
Very cool. I have four children myself, a bit younger than yours. My oldest is about to be a teenager here, so we're kind of ducking for cover. So we have the same BTLC level. Yes. <laughs> All right. I know that you were a big basketball player. What type of sports or activities are the kids into? Uh, Mustafa, he likes to uh, play kickboxing. Haytham, he is on the um, cars, other great cars, this, this type of things. Uh, Noor about meddling and creative things. Fatima is, I don't know, I, I cannot tell yet. But she's end up on, on uh, you know, uh, internet, computer, social media, and she tried to uh, graduate from high school too. Awesome. All right, Riyadh, do me a favor here. I know there is a lot to tell, but please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and a bit of the timeline of events that led you up to your citizenship. So, uh, as you mentioned, my name my name is Riyadh. Uh, I'm from Iraq, from beautiful city north of Iraq called uh, Mosul. It's kind of mountain area, and people they are known by uh, uh, high rank in Iraqi army before, not now. And dentists, uh, physics professors, science, all these kind of things, and. I born with three brothers and uh, three sisters. Uh, two brothers got killed. One of them uh, caused the fire. Another one, Qaeda, the um, bad guys uh, killed him. You know, grew up in poor family, have no money option. But in that time, uh, what's gathering us is love of the family and love of our parents, and you can tell the different character between father and mother. When you make mistake, you run to your mom, all this kind of things. So anyway, my dad's his background, he's a Iraqi army sergeant. And you know the deal, he goes by order, he goes by time. He needs everything goes by order. So, and my mom, she's sweetheart as all the mother in the world. She tried to uh, give us the love we need and the secure feeling we need so anyway we grew up in this family and I'm end up with kind of making trouble fighting do all this kind of childhood stupid things and they figure out the best way to to straighten you out guide yeah guide me to the right path is pulled me up from the uh, slingshot to another slingshot, but it's basketball. And my cousin, he is a famous player. He take me with him <clears throat> the first two days struggle, but after that I start find myself through the game and start developing myself. And I play for my city. And also I play high jump. And if you look at those two sports, you have to have dream beside you to make you continue in the front difficulties. So the the thing is with me, I start watching Harlem team to develop my skills. And 
and Harlem team take me to another chain, which is country music, Kenny Rogers. And from country music, take me to John Wayne. And I start to figure out this nation like, holy shit, that's amazing. That's cool. I want to know more. And I start to read a few books, watch cowboy movies, start like as best I can to collect small pieces of info. And I start to build my own dream. One day I will live in this country, United States of America, in the front of the lake, and small uh, house built by, built by wood, by my hand, and that's just been the last days of my life in this country. So this is until 1980. I work in that dream, but after that, you know, Iraq-Iran war, you saw the death every day on the street, they bring dead bodies, all this kind of nasty things, uh, threaten your secure feeling and something you fight for, not for what you believe, you're forced to fight and if you run away, they will kill you and they will take the price of the bullet from your family after they kill you, all this kind of things. and. The president at that time, he go to his me, 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 and his greatness and build palaces, build his own uh, kingdom and leave the people with no hope. So from that time, kind of struggling with my dream and I met my beautiful wife. We have an amazing love story in 1987. We get married in 1991 and this kind of give me bridge to survive from the struggling I am in because she supports me with all the love I need and I want to motivate me to con continue my path. Uh, after that, struggling between two jobs like heavy machine equipment and 18-wheeler truck driver. And that time, all what I do is working hard to Keep, keep food in my kid's mouth. So this is kind of born and grow up in that city. And 2003, when American forces started to show up in my city, Mosul, trust me, everyone smile on his face. Women, men, kids, they love America. And this is where I uh, start so bad to find job with, with the American forces and I couldn't until one of the days by an accident I have a job and with the military police and start work with them, proving myself, my skills and uh, they recommend me to the Navy SEAL and Navy SEAL they picked me and uh, we done good, good, good things. Yeah, and the Navy SEALs, they are the best of the best. I mean, I've been honored to interview about 25 or so of them right here on the podcast. You actually fought alongside of them. What was that like for you, Riyadh, to fight alongside these guys? Because I would imagine that they were really unlike any type of military force you ever fought with before. So, you know, I work with military police, and it's a huge for me. And I, I went to the SEALs compound because I have to stay in the compound with them because we don't know when the mission and I saw them, they have long beer and different weapon, different gears, 
No, I don't hear anyone call sir. Uh, so it looks like there is no officer. How does guys work? And very simple. If you ask them, they run in front of you to do whatever they can. And this is kind of giving me thousand and thousand of questions. It's like who I end up with right now. You know what I mean? I would imagine, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember the first mission, you know, we went to the brief, and they talked for 45 minutes. So imagine from the 45 minutes, I understand only one word. The jackpot name or the target name, his name, Abdullah. And just because his, the, uh, the name is Arabic, that's why I understand the name. So imagine how much poor language I have in that time. And the same mission, we went and I have one guy escort me by, guide me from my shoulder, left, right, stop, move. And we reach to the target and I saw them, they do something on the gate. I couldn't understand what is it. But after one minute, I hear boom. So it's survivor's kill. It's like, you know what, um, this is not my day to die. So I started run away because I thought we are under attack. I didn't know they used C4 to uh, break the, <laughs> breach the gates. You know what I mean? Yeah. So from there, and we start catching bad guys. At the beginning, when I worked with military police, I worked because it's, it's my dream to work with Americans and also it's good money behind it. But when I moved to the SEALs, it's, it's complete change from money, from a dream, to something I believe I can make different to the innocent people. And some people always, they ask me, oh, uh, how you work in our side? It's not your side. It's good people's side against savages. You know what I mean? I do, yeah. It's a matter of stopping evil, and I am just thankful that we have guys like you who took the fight to these bastards. I mean, you have done more for this country than I ever have, and I got to say thank you for your service before I forget to mention that. And uh, Riyadh, because you served with the SEALs, I mean, with the Americans in general, was your family under any kind of threat from people who you might have thought were your friends just because they were either upset or kind of pissed off that see that you were fighting with the Americans? So at the beginning, it's big honor to work with the Americans, and I'm telling you now, one time... Sergeant Bird, he took me with the convoy Humvees to my apartment. And in front of all the people, and they look at, they point to me, oh, do you see that? Riyadh, he's working with American. This is like big honor. And when they have some issue with any American in all over Iraq, they came to me and, oh, you have to do this. It's like, this is not going to work. But they don't understand the system, you know, because over here in Iraq, the corrupt of part of our culture. Like, if you know someone who is in charge about police station, uh, that means you can do whatever. So this is where I'm struggling at the beginning because people, they ask me to release people from the jail or they have some kind of issue, difficulty, troubling, and I have to, to do that for them or I will on no, disis no respect. And... They don't know the American process. So anyway, I'm just giving you example how much people they are respect me. 
and they just want to talk with me. But after 2005, when Qaeda started building her intel cell among people, using American mistake against them, and you know, we make a lot of mistake. This is where most of the people turn against American people, American forces, you know what I mean? So from hero, start calling me traitor. So do you, do you see the huge difference? Yeah. From you walk in the street and you have, like, proudly about yourself, from you walking in the street and you expect someone came from behind you and shoot you. So for my family, they look like gypsy, you know, they they cannot stay in one place while I'm working with the SEALs. They have to move every two weeks, three weeks, four weeks from house to house because, you know, the Qaeda intelligent is among us. You know what I mean? And they don't have any cami like American forces. They have the uniform. So this is kind of tough to tell who is a friend, who is an enemy. So what we decide, me and Beda, and this is on Beda, my wife, shoulders, uh, to move every time she feels threatened and no more than one month. Like if she lives in this house for one month and is safe, she cannot stay. She has to move. She has to move. And this is to include the village, different village in, in Mosul, and village close to the Syrian border. Until 2007, she moved from Mosul to Baghdad, and they faced death, her and the kids, uh, from the fake checkpoint. And thanks God, they make it safely to Baghdad. And Baghdad uh, is a big city, and that's why there is no... There is threat there, but not like Mosul, because Mosul people know each other very well. Wow, yeah. What a brave woman, Beta, your wife, uh, to have to go through all of that. Did she ever at any point, Riyadh, ask you to kind of stop serving with the SEALs? Did she ever say, hey, enough's enough of this? She don't know I work with the SEALs. Because if I told her I work with the SEALs, she can start laughing. Because we don't know something called SEALs. <laughs> maybe seal, maybe some people take care of animals, some kind of group or something. And after what I saw, the dangerous and all this kind of thing is like, no, I'm not going to tell her what I'm doing. And she know, as I am helping the engineers, they build like giant generator or whatever to, to reconstruct an uh, era. Okay, it's time to get an important word from our sponsors, then back with more with Johnny Walker. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. We are all about creating good humans, right? But if you're finding your kids are more interested in listening to cartoon characters than you, the parent, here's a great way to get your kids thinking about what good behavior really is. The SirDap Game Show app is so much fun for kids 5 to 8 who are challenged to figure out what's polite or rude, who left a mess, or what's right for the environment, while absorbing good messages about how their behavior can affect others. Check out SirDap.com to learn more. That's S-I-R-D-A-P-P.com.
Okay, yeah, I could see why you'd want to keep that from her. What about the family life over there, Riyadh, as opposed to over here? What are some of the major differences of life in Iraq and life now that you're here in the States? So, as a man, I have to face... I have to be able to kill whatever come to threaten my family. For them, they have no tomorrow. And they have no place. And they have no roof. And, you know, if you don't have those three things, you will have no life. Over here, like I'm telling you, right now my wife, she's driving a highway. She's at the college. She speaks better English than me. She corrects my grammar. Uh, she has goal in her life, what she want to be. If she, imagine if she is in Mosul now. She would never drive cars. She would never be in the college. She would never do what she believes is right in her personal level as woman. From zero to complete life, perfect life in the front of you. Yeah, and I think it goes without saying, Riyadh, that many of us over here in America take our freedom for granted. We could never imagine the type of challenges or struggles that your family has endured on a day-to-day basis. I mean, over here, if the smartphone drops to 3%, people are dialing 911. Uh, but, and speaking of smartphones, how is it over there? Did your kids have access to video games and all the technology, or did they not see any of that until they came here? So from the first day, the SEALs, they uh, asked me to buy uh, cell phones to me and to my family and to the team. So from the first time the cell phones show up in Iraq, my family has it. So they are good with technology. And what I try to keep them, to buy them some like Xbox, PlayStation, all the new games, because I want them to stay in the house. And also I want them to practice in the English without I telling them. You know what I mean? Yeah, wow. Yeah, so, and when they move to Baghdad, they have more freedom. They can go shopping in in limited times, you know what I mean? And also, in that time, the teams, like, any brown new game or game device, they send it to me right away and give it to my kids. But still, like, my oldest daughter... She saw her ankle killed and her ankle body in front of her. She saw a lot of blood, hate too. So when they came here, they struggled a little bit. But right now, they're proud Americans. Wow, that's just incredible to imagine. Have, um, have any of your kids read the book, Codename Johnny Walker, or would you feel comfortable with them reading it? I don't know. I mean, for me, I don't like to read anything or I don't like to listen to my interview. I don't know, because I believe what we did is for what we believe, not to tell about it. It's different culture. But for my kids, yeah, they read it, and uh, sometimes they ask me questions like, guys, you, you bring all the sad memories. And sometimes they they start to know what we've been doing and what kind of sacrifice we made to have the chance to live in this country. So they kind of proud immigrant too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And have you guys traveled at all since you've been here? Do you take family vacations and all that? Have you hit any of the hot tourist spots? Yeah, we went to a few places. We, uh, I took him all the way to the lake. I took him L.A. 
uh, Hollywood studio. Yeah, we have good times. Awesome. All right, Riyadh, what type of advice do you have for other dads who maybe just recently immigrated here from Iraq or somewhere in the Middle East and are listening in on the call here? Uh, what kind of advice could you kind of give them about adjusting to American life? So I have I have message to every immigrant, not from Iraq, from everywhere. First, if you don't believe about this country, don't come. Easy and simple. And when you came up, when you land, they are not going to give you $10 billion to live the American dream. You have to work yourself hard to deserve the opportunity to live as completely human beings in the United States. Second thing, when you come here to the fucking airport, no one can ask you, are you Muslim? Are you Christian? Are you, what's your belief? All what they ask you to loyal to this country. Third things, and this is funny things, I'm going to mention that here. One of my friends, he uh, tweet uh, congratulations for me, and uh, he is happy about it, and I don't know if you know Alhan Omar, the congresswoman, congress female. Yeah, the uh, congresswoman. Yeah. So anyway, she's kind of, I don't know, she want to take this nation back, you know, in, in, in her way. So anyway, and it's not my business. It's a free country. So while he tweeted in uh, Twitter saying, congratulations, my brother, we are so happy to have you, this and that, she jumped and she tweeted, yeah, but don't forget, we are, we are illegally invade Iraq, kill 1,000 innocent people, and we lost 4,000 soldiers, this and that. And she's congresswoman, American congresswoman. The question is, this is the only minute I will have as American citizen, and you want to steal it from me. And instead, if you remind me about people killed, how about congratulate me, and let's have positive lesson from my story to let another immigrant uh, make it a sample. You know what I mean? Yeah, Riyadh, there is no doubt that there is a big problem with our politics here. There's so much anger and hatred. I mean, I try to avoid politics on the podcast when I can. It does seem like one side is dead set on destroying America and people like her, uh, they're a part of the problem and they're, they're, they're not a part of the solution, that's for sure. I'm telling you now, it's not, I mean, we cannot avoid politics because those people, they start attacking us with everything we believe and we love. And like I told you, the most expensive moment in my life, me and my family, is when we get the citizenship. You know what I mean? And someone in the state of courage us and congratulate us, he want to pull us down. So it looks like this nation is not built in taking other people's happiness. It's built in given and positive given you know what i mean they jump they jump and wagon him and his family maybe you and your wife and your four kids you jump in wagon and you have no lethal weapon all what you have you have your faith in this country and you face all the struggle all the risk and this is how we make this country amazing country and greatest greatest nation by forgiveness between us, by love each other, 
not by and divide the community by religious or by personal belief. You know what I mean? This is where I came. I don't want to involve with politics too, but this is kind of affect our daily life. Like instead of her mention about people killing, did she visit any American soldier grave and show some respect? The question, no. Did she support the Iraqi victim? The answer, no. So from my understanding, she manipulates everything, especially human things, to political agenda. And this is the worst thing we can face in our nation. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I agree with you, brother. Politics is dirty. Politics is not right. But people, they force in us. Like, as you know, I am Muslim, right? Right, but I mean, I do consider you an American as well. And as a Muslim American, how do you feel about Donald Trump, and in particular the uh, so-called Muslim ban that he imposed or was trying to impose? I supported Trump. Maybe you don't support him. I respect that. But I have my own reason and my own logic. Because I came from a country, there is no border, there is corrupt government, and I know what happened. You know what I mean? I don't want to see it in this country, too. And what he is doing, he's doing the right things for Muslim, for Christian, for white, for yellow, for black, for for everyone. When he stopped, some people not coming to the country until they complete the database, he's protecting us, me and you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and, and you know, the bomb on the mall is not going to ask you, are you Christian or are you Muslim? We are in the same, in the same shit pain and, and casualty. You know what I mean? So how, how is that work? People of our own country call our president racist with no reason. This is one. And imagine that. Like I came to United States, right? And if I follow the procedure within five years, I will take my citizenship, right? And I can I can vote. I can enjoy my rights like you, the one who lived 200, 300 years here, right? And prove it generation after generation. You deserve to be patriot and you're loyal to this country. And me, only five years. And the government, they can treat me the same thing treating you with the opportunity. Go to Arabic country. Yeah, 100%, Riyadh. And listen, I could move to Iraq and live there for 10 years. They would never consider me an Iraqi. But you were just sworn in the other day, and already I consider you an American. And there is no other place on earth where that happens. Yeah, and in UAE, if you stay 50 years, not 10 years, you will never be UAE citizen. You know what I mean? And also, they call Trump racist, right? Because he tried to check everyone when he came to the United States, right? How about a question for you? And I know you're not supposed to answer the question, but question for everyone. What do you call the Muslim country, rich Muslim country, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Oman, UAE, Qatar, live next door to Syria? Maybe... One mile, maybe a hundred miles, not thousand mile and ocean between us and Syria. What do you call those 
countries, if we are racist, what do you call this country? They are not welcoming. They are not allowed to anyone come to the their country, and they kill them if they came without permission. What do you call those people? Yeah, good point. I, I mean, I would think you'd call them racist. Do you see? Do you see that? Like people, yeah. they they monopolize titles, monopolize facts for own benefit. Like Alhan Omar, she monopolized my happiness to her own Democrat agenda. We are not going anywhere with you guys the way how you guys think. Look at Trump. He is, I'm not exaggerating if I say the only president, he's fighting to keep his promises. Yeah, and that's because he's not a politician. I mean, we have been waiting for somebody like an outsider to get into the office, someone that hasn't been bought like every single politician has been. And now that he's in there, the media is saying, oh, no, no, you can't listen to him. you got to trust the politicians. They're the honest ones. But, I mean, most people know better. And I'll tell you what, Riyadh, that's kind of why I stick to fatherhood and family life, just because as a father, it doesn't matter what color you are, what religion you practice, or what side of the aisle that you're on or voting for. We all want to protect our families. We want the best for our children. We love of our children and when it comes down to it we're all after the same thing we're, we all want the same dream and there isn't a single father that would leave his door open at night and leave his family unprotected and that's why i told you i don't want to have i don't want to have any chaos of this country as a father carry my weapon again go to protect my family i don't want to see that in this country you know what i mean yeah 100 percent, riyadh and have any of your kids shown any interest in maybe getting involved with politics no, no, they they are not good with politics. I mean, they could talk up, but they they don't want to go to any side or anywhere. Anyone serve this nation, they love him. Me and my wife, of course, we support Trump. And it's funny things like you know when you get your citizenship and you get get out, there is two kind of shop or tent, Republican and Democrat tent in San Diego. And it's weird, like my wife, when she gets citizenship before me, and she went to Republican, she's the only one, and she's looked like weird, you know, tens of people in Democrat tent, and she's the only person. (laughs) It's a free country. What do you believe? Same thing with me. And when I went to them, same feeling, like, you know what? I'm not going to say this is not my business. I'm going to try to do the right thing. Well, listen, Riyadh, I am so happy that you have become a U.S. citizen. I thank you for your service and your sacrifice. What's next for you? What kind of goals or plans do you have for the future? So, you know, it's not how you make the victory. It's how you keep the victory. So I make victory when I get my citizenship beyond my family. Now we can work so hard for this big responsibility in our shoulder to deserve the honor of citizenship every day by doing the right things and make difference. And God help us to do that. Well said, Riyadh. God bless you. God bless your family. And I got to say, uh, Riyadh al-Amadi, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you so much. And God bless you. And you know what? End of the day, we have bigger dreams and we have big things to do in this country. Let's do it, brother. All right, Riyadh. And hey, anytime you're over by New York City, hit me up, and I'd love to buy you a Johnny Walker. Roger that, brother. All right, I'm going to be back with a couple of closing thoughts in just a second here. 
o'clock to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Riyadh al Almadi for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys. Drop me a DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to hear your feedback. And then lock it in. Tomorrow, I got a U.S. Marine, Alex Duran. He's known as the Bully Magnet. We're going to cover a subject that is near and dear to all of our hearts as parents, and that is the subject of bullying. All right, so we got a lot to cover. Friday, we're going to have former Navy SEAL David Rutherford, and next week, a five-banger. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood, and please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers.